Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Man, oh man, you don't know how nice it feels to crack one open after a long week from work, peeps. Hope you guys had a great week or weekend. If you're listening to this, it's probably a Tuesday. For me, it's a Thursday for me and Sean Lavery, who's going to be my special guest for this week. He's filling in um, last minute uh, rescheduled, but excited to have Sean on my podcast. But yeah, man, it's been a hectic week putting out 10 hours of work in four days. Um, so I'm tired, super tired. Uh, but, you know, work must go on. Super excited about tomorrow. It's going to be, for me, it's going to be Friday. And I plan to spend the day fishing. Don't know where I'm going to go yet. Don't know if I'm going to get up early, but somewhere, somehow, I'm going to make it to a lake and go fishing because I'm excited about that. Um, I'm going to take my drone with me. I'm going to take my uh, GoPros, and I'll see if I can put up some nice content for you guys. If you guys are into the whole social media thing, remember you can follow me on Instagram on the Bass Kayak and Beers, Facebook as well, Bass Kayak and Beers. You can also follow our um, mother network here, Paddle and Finn. On also Facebook and Instagram under Paddle and Finn. And keep up with the latest updates that we have. Uh, and today, again, we're going to have Sean Lavery. He it runs the Noob Show, the Bass Fishing for Noobs. It comes out every Monday, I think. Sean will correct me on that if it is not. Um, and it's actually the most popular episode here on Paddle and Finn. Uh, for good reason, not just because um, Sex Sells and Sean Lavery has this boyish gush look. Yes, he is, you know, very ranked in the, um, you know, the ratings for the 50 to 60 year old female audience is through the roof with his podcast. But it's not just that. It is also great content. So proud to have Sean on my show. Um, and yeah, maybe some of the guys or girls from Paddle and Finn will join too in a minute. We sent out the invite, but if not, it's going to be me and Sean. So it's going to be a great episode. Before we go to commercials, go check out my sponsor, Douglas Rod. Go to DouglasOutdoors.com. To check out their full lineup of LRS, X Matrix, and Fly Fishing Rods. So, quick commercial, we'll bring Sean right in. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sean, buddy, how you doing, man? Good, man. It's good to see you. Good to be back here again. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I, you know, I opened the crack, opened a beer, but I need to get a sip of it, man. I need a. <laughs> so I just uh, got off my on-call <sighs> week every four, once every four weeks I'm on call and that was last week. So uh, what? What do you do for a living? Sorry, I'm an I'm an IT guy. Um, so oddly enough, at a retirement community, so you know, yeah, there you like go. You That's said, why the, the fifty to sixty year old ladies. You know, I know how to. Yeah, <laughs> but like, that's uh, a Sean Ivory guy. I wondered that's if that's IT where, <laughs> if that's where like the, we're gonna uh, take the IT boy into the IT man. <laughs> <laughs> that's why their computers just break all the time, man. I don't know what yeah. it is. Spill some coffee in it, you know. <laughs> Get that. And maybe that's where IT all the ads is. that come on my show come from. Like I, I've gone back and listened to, you know, different shows and I'm like, where did that ad come from? You know, I know I had, I had one of, uh, I don't want to say fan because I mean, one of my listeners, I should say that's a better term, more accurate term, but message me. So it's like, why am I getting commercial for Tampax? Exactly. So you remember that, that I, I went off on a group chat about that. And Brian Schiller was, I, if, if, okay. So for those that aren't listening, I piss off Brian Schiller most <laughs> more than anybody else in the in in the paddle and fin community. I, really, I I don't even know how that like guy likes me so much because I <laughs> piss him off. I've I've managed to piss off. I remember one time, God, I was so funny. I said something and it went the wrong way, and it was it wasn't a joke, but it wasn't anything. Anyways, it went the wrong way, and I called him, and I have never heard. Uh, Brian Schiller cursed at me like he did that day. He was so mad. I'm like, I'm fired. I'm going to have to start my own podcast. You know, I am completely fired. This guy is going to just give me the axe. So it is funny. But yes, I, I remember that. Um, he said, why are you getting Tom Pax commercial? So I, you were on the group chat. I messaged like, yep. why the hell are we getting Tom Pax commercial? <laughs> Turns out it's whatever, you know, the you're doing with your phone. So as a listener, if you're doing something with your phone, that's kind of like the ad. So I went up to the guy because he has, you know, I think he has one wife and one or two uh, daughters. I think one daughter. So it's like maybe one of your daughters or your <laughs> wife was using your phone. And that's how we come up, you know, because it's weird. You know, Big Brother's right. always watching. Right, right. So I get like Saks Fifth Avenue and stuff like that. I'm like, where is that coming from? You know, I know. Right. It's kind of weird. But anyway, so. Yeah, man. I don't know. That's what it is. How you been doing, man? Doing all right? Doing very good. Yep. Yep. Um, I just hit my one year anniversary at the retire- retirement community where I'm at now and um, things are going good there. Um, it's given me, gave me a lot of time to fish this year, which I was happy about. I hit the water more this year than I have, you know, ever by far. So tried to get out twice a week if I could. And, you know, when Ryan and I, you know, kept track of our, started keeping track of our fish catches this year, I, you know, I made it a goal to you know, try and smash my record from last year. And I obliterated it. I I was feeling really good about it until Brad Hicks posted his, uh, you know, his angler, I think a thousand catches this year. I was like, oh crap, I'm not anywhere near that. So (laughs) 
show off brad what a jerk <laughs> congrats brad bad. on that by the way yeah i i was like oh man i got like 250 bass this year and then he's like i got a thousand i'm like what <laughs> what kind of jerk does that right <laughs> nah he's a good guy a great Definitely. angler too yep yep um a great river angler too um but yeah rumor has it that's what ryan left he just he was like no i can't be <laughs> you know the new guy is kicking my tail i better leave now before it gets any worse, you know? So now nah, we, we love Ryan Milford. Talking about that, so for those that don't know, Ryan Milford was the one that kind of started the Bass Fishing for Noobs. He had his own podcast, and then Brian Schiller, who's trying to conquer the world like every white man out there, <laughs> um, is slowly taking over, you know, the podcast community brought Brian Schiller in, I mean, brought uh, Ryan Milford in. And then he's, you know, he started, he continued with the Bass fishing for noob segment, which has been the pop most popular segment, um, pretty much on paddle and fin. And then you joined him. I remember the day you joined him. I, I wasn't with paddle and fin yet. Um, you were not at all what I imagined him listening to. <laughs> not that I was imagining you what you were listening to. That's kind of creepy. But when I say it's like this, not what I thought I was gonna. Uh, the guy that I thought I was gonna be listening to. But you had, I mean, you are, you guys had a chemistry together. You had a great, you have a great show. Ryan has since then moved on to other things. I know um, fishing as much as we love it and um, doing the podcast, it's it kind of told on you, you know. it's It sounds like easy, but you see a lot of people just kind of burnt out. It really does. And there is definitely times, especially when Ryan left and I was like, wow, I'm going to have to swing this solo for a while uh, that I, I kind of, you know, contemplated you know bailing too but and it's weird that i can have like a week where i struggle to find a guest and um i'll finally get one and then i'll i'll be like ah, i just don't feel like recording tonight and then i'll go and do it and then i'm like wow that was an amazing conversation like it totally after i do it and get to have those conversations then at the end of it i'm like why was i dreading that so much you know i i had a lot of fun i learned a lot of stuff you know talked to great people and it, it almost after every time and when i'm done i'm like that was you know that keeps me going so um i don't know if you have experienced that at all but yeah yeah there's definitely times where i'm like you know at the, especially if it's a long day or you know where i know oh i i scheduled to record tonight and you know i, I kind of you know up until the point where i'm recording i kind of dreading it and then once i get it get there and start talking and then you know then an hour and a half goes by and i've you know had a great conversation with some amazing person and you know it just totally makes it work so no, and uh, bass fishing for noob to me was kind of a big inspiration to start the podcast because I learned a lot from listening to you guys. And then I figured me being, and I've said on this on, so people that are listening are probably tired of me hearing this, but I, I don't come from a bass fishing culture. You know, I'm, I picked up bass fishing in my, God, I hate to say this, but in my mid forties, um, I'm approaching my late forties now. Um, so I've only been bass fishing per se uh, about three or four years. So one of the things that I got started was like, I saw what you guys are doing. I didn't want to compete, but I thought if I can get people, so I don't have a lot of friends that do bass fishing. And even if they do, it's kind of more like the recreational thing where I only do it, you know, five times a year, you know, um, not like you and I do, like try to put it out there more and more and more, you know, like every week, at least I try to do it every week. So it was hard to learn and it's hard, even with YouTube, it's hard to learn by yourself. So I figured if I can get a podcast, um, I can start bringing people in to talk about it. And I started, I started with the best guy can beers 
Then I did the real life, which is kind of life stories, which is kind of what I like to do. You know, I like to talk to people about life, not just fishing, but people in the kayak fishing community. You know, get to know those great anglers and the great content creators. What is kind of like the day in the life of those uh, people. And then, um, and then I started do, doing the kayak fishing 101. And that for me was just to like get people to talk about it. Because, you know, you got the, the, on the show, there's a lot of anglers that won't tell you their secrets. But once you get them off air, they'll spill <laughs> the beans on a lot of them. And you learned a lot. And I've seen your progression as an angler from when you started to where you are now. And how does the podcast help you to become a better angler? I mean, I have learned so much and uh, it just helps me uh, try new things and, and not to, I was the same way with, as you, you know, I watched a billion YouTube videos, but uh, you know, you can only learn so much and you don't, I never had that feel for certain things. And I had to really, you know, have someone talk me through certain things, just like dragging a jig on the ground, on, you know, and, and counting rocks, you know, you never like, just watching a YouTube video, you can watch a guy, you know, try and work a jig all the, all you, you know, a million times, but until you go and do it and feel it and have someone walk you through what you should be feeling. And okay. Did you feel that? Okay. That's, that's where the, it transitions from chunk rock to gravel. And, and that's a good place to fish, you know, because, you know, you fish those transitions and stuff, stuff like that. You, I would never have learned on my own. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, when you, you have someone walk you through that and yeah, you know, talk to all these people who have done that for so long and now they're kind of like the master at it so they're passing on what they know and i i hope to you know pass on you know half the knowledge that i've gained hopefully you know i uh i've started this year i've really started trying to fish with more people locally i've met quite a few different people um that i've started fishing with i have quite a few now fishing buddies that you know i was so uh, i fished by myself for so long just because I was kind of either embarrassed to ask somebody because and I, I didn't want to come across as that guy who, yeah. you know, uh, you know, I don't want to steal your spot. I don't want to, you know, I just want to go and learn. And if I can watch and learn by, you know, watching somebody who knows what they're doing, do it. I mean, that's how I learn the quickest and the, and the most. So, and just recently I've really started doing that. And, and the podcast has helped me do that because I've met, you know, I, you don't think of Central PA as a, a big place for professional anglers, but there are quite a few big name sticks that are right in my area, you know, um, you know, and I've got to meet a couple of them locally. I twice now I've missed out on fishing the the Hobie event that's been half hour. Yeah, man, Susquehanna, that year was amazing. Last year was awesome. Dude, yeah. This season, this yeah. Season was awesome. yeah. And the numbers that those guys put up too is amazing. But um, I, I, I want to do that next year. And, and this year I was on call. That is the only reason I didn't do it that weekend. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to pay that entry fee and then be out in the water and get called in. That would be awful. <laughs> yeah. So, awful. so that's the only reason why I didn't do it this year. I was, I, I had saved up the money and I was like, I'm just going to try it just to go meet some of these amazing people mm -hmm. that I talk to all the time. Cause they were all there. It was like the world came to my backyard. Um, now this year, I've had quite a few people talk to me about possibly staying at my house. So, cause I, I, I'm literally half an hour from, you know, the Southern border of the, that tournament. So, uh, I've talked to quite a few people. I have one guest room, but I said, you know, I got a huge basement with plenty of space. If you want to 
bring an air mattress and crash in my basement he can so it'll be interesting i'm wondering who's going to show up at my place now <laughs> you didn't even know um that's funny um yeah the sesquahana man i think of all the tournaments this year and I, i'm a huge fan of watching you know following tournaments there was a couple of standouts these the trinity river kbf trinity river chain um the saturday was amazing just watching guillermo gonzalez edge out um Jody Quinn, who had 109 inches in 17 right. minutes before closeout, Guillermo Gonzalez puts out 110. Right. That was, I'm sorry, amazing. The Mass Masters, um, oh, and the good thing about that tournament is they, either they forgot or they, um, purposely, they didn't um, turn off the leaderboard. So you got to watch it, man. For us as anglers, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Not only that, Matthew Scotch put 100 inches in the first hour. I thought that was done. I'm right. like, it's done. And then and watching for, Jody Quinn, and then and Christine Fisher did a great job too. I think they, yep. those were the top four, and I think they were the top four for Sunday too. Matthew Scott wound up winning Sunday, so big shout out to him. But that that was that Saturday was one of the best tournaments I've seen. Um, the obviously the Bassmaster, not the Bassmaster, the Bass Nation Kayak Series, the classic of the championship, whatever they call it, Possum Kingdom. That was super exciting. But to me, the Susquehanna. It wasn't the big numbers that you see, saw in those two previous tournaments I just mentioned, but it was the fact that anybody can go from the 15th spot to the first spot with calling three or four inches. Like right. it was crazy. Usually you see like top five and everything kind of tapers out dramatically, but everybody like in the top 20 was in striking distance of right. winning that thing. That that to me was exciting. That, that tournament... It's more exciting than any hundred inch one tournament that I've seen. Right. And for for so many anglers to have a hundred plus inches and for it to come down to an inch on top of that just tells you how good that fishery was at that particular time. I mean, I fish that river all the time and I just caught my first twenty inch fish this year. So um I, I'm still learning, obviously, and those guys know what the, what they're looking for, where to go and to find those fish, but uh um, it is an amazing fishery. I'm blessed to live 15 minutes from, you know, the part closest to me, but, uh, uh, super excited to, to try all those different places. I, I have never really traveled far because I have it so close and, you know, but now this year, this past year, I started traveling North further, you know, up into that area and maybe even beyond, uh, the kayak anglers of central PA is the, the tournament series that I fished this year. And, um, uh, they have, uh, middle Susquehanna, an upper uh, upper where it uh, actually joins in with the uh, what's the other river up there? I'm drawing a blank on it right now. And then the the lower Susquehanna. So the, there's three different river events, and it's you know as much as it's the same, there there also there's a lot of differences. So that helped me learn a lot about fishing new places and you know what's the same versus what's different. You know where to start that kind of thing. It's so I I've learned a lot from that and. Um, I think the uh, the Hobie event was on what we they call the Middle Susquehanna, so kind of Harrisburg and and North, um, and uh, so I got to fish uh, one event up there this year, and then two other. I fished in that area twice. That wasn't a tournament, just to kind of learn and get my feet wet up there, so that maybe next year I can uh, actually try the Hobie thing and and actually have a shot at doing okay. So. Did you, um, are you going to pull the, like, uh, Brad Hicks and just fish 
um, rivers. Now. River events? No, no, no. <laughs> I still now that's it's that's interesting too because I've had a lot more luck on the river this year, so yeah. that's why I kept going back because the lakes that I fished since COVID hit have been so pressured that it the bite has gotten really tough on them. So uh, that's why I kind of gravitated to the river because I, I was doing so much better. You know, the quality of fish and the number of fish that I was catching was just that much better than at the lakes. Now, the one lake uh, that I kind of fished more this year, it was drained a few years ago because they were working on the dam. So it's just recovering. So the fish there aren't huge. But because um, a lot of people kind of shied away because they think that there's no fish in there, um, that made it be a little less pressured than some of the other lakes that I fish. And uh, so even though the that was more where I, I called it my like training lake because I could go try new things there. I wasn't catching huge fish, but I was catching fish. So I'd learn what the bite feels like on a, you know, a chatterbait or, you know, uh, a Ned rig and, and try those, you know, get to get comfortable with the things that I want to learn, the techniques that I want to learn. So that's that what's been helpful. your, what's been your favorite uh, podcast episode this year? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, Probably what I learned the most from was I did a crankbait episode with uh, Matt Gibson. Craig Dye? Uh, I did, we did Craig Dye last year. Oh, yeah, that was last year, yeah. Yep, that was the only reason why I didn't have him back on. And um, I think I will have him back on because I actually, uh, I talked to him and he's like, yeah, anytime you want to come back, I want me to come back on and have a refresher. Cool dude, man. Definitely, definitely. And um, I, I we ended up with Matt Gibson. We had talked, to, we did a tube episode with him. Um, where he talked about the the super tube and you know Milford fell in love with that. That's what he, his go to uh, technique was this year. And uh, I actually started having a, a good bit of success with that as well. But then it wasn't until we had uh, Matt on to talk about uh, crankbaits that I really started getting into crankbaiting, and it just the river just came alive for me because um, I I had done it before. I didn't have a good crankbait rod when I first tried it, and you know, then uh, early last year, I bought uh, a crankbite rod, rod off a guy on um, Facebook Marketplace. And that just, for whatever reason, it, it gave me the confidence to throw it. And man, I, I, my catches just went through the roof. I, I don't know what that and the, the popper, the Rico popper. I know Brad talks about that too. And it was, I don't know what it is about that one either. I threw you know, Rebels and all sorts of different poppers before, but it wasn't until I got that Rico that's like crazy mad expensive. But I, I, there was one Saturday I went out fishing and I was out there, you know, first, first light and I saw fish breaking the top. And so I'm like, I'm going to throw top water. And I looked through my box and the only thing I had was that expensive popper. And I'm like, well, it's expensive. I don't really want to lose it, but I'm going to just try it. And I caught like 10 fish in an hour. And I was like, this is crazy. And then from there I started throwing it on the river and the, I just picked the right time of year. It was like the mayfly hatch on the river. And that top of the popper was just lights out. It was just fish after fish. I could almost call my shot. Um, and, you know, it was hard to put that down then. You know, I, as the, you know, Mayfly season ended, it, it, you know, and that it started to slow down that, that top water bite. Um, I kept going back to it. I'm like, it's got to work. It's got to work. It was so much fun. Um, but uh, so that that was a huge thing. But, yeah, Matt Gibson got me into the, the crankbaiting hardcore and you know that was probably my the, the episode that i learned the most from this year yeah and I, that was a good episode and i think talking about crankbaits i think that's one of the techniques that really benefits from having its own setup 
you know, like the right reel and the right um, rod with it. If, if you don't, there's so many missed hook sets when you don't have the right reel and the right rod. And you can say that about any technique. But really, I think crankbaits, just because of the dynamic of it, you know, you need to get that bait out as, put as much distance away from, you know, as far away from you to get it to that sweet spot the longest. I think that benefits from the rod. And then the reel, you know, I think you need a reel that's going to help you um, throw that, you know, it's going to facilitate you getting the most out of that long cast. Yes. And then the rod, that just having the right rod that's going to able to allow that fish enough flexibility to allow that fish to swallow that, that, that treble hook and yet as, with enough stiffness to kind of like have it pinned down without ripping it out of its mouth. Right. And, I, and it, oddly enough, I know you throw uh, uh, chatterbaits a lot, right? Or, or oh, occasional. Yeah. yeah. Way, way more than I should probably. <laughs> I started throwing the chatterbait on that rod too. And even though it's the, the single hook, for some reason it kept them pinned and i I, yeah. I had been throwing my chatterbaits on a uh medium heavy fast action tip before that um and i lost a lot of fish and it wasn't until i switched to that medium action rod or that moderate action rod that i started really landing a lot more chatterbait fish yeah. and i i don't know why it like it, it wasn't like the hook was like rammed through the roof of their mouth or anything but it just kept them pinned for whatever reason that reminds me, you guys had an episode, and I think it was either this year or last year, because now with COVID, I can't even tell when a year ended and a year started. I mean, the last two years just a blur to me. It's just, no, I don't it's, even know. It's been a crazy time. Yeah. I can't, there's no, <laughs> there's no timeline in the last two years. You know, there's no, you know, oh, this year we did that. It's like, I don't even know. But anyways, um, the, um, you had, I forgot his first name. I think his last name is Paris. Great dude, by the way. Great yeah, dude, very yes. charismatic dude. He was talking about the rod, and I was listening to that on my way. I was going to Eagle Mountain Lake, and I think I was fishing that tournament for KBF that I was talking about that had um, uh, Guillermo Gonzalez winning by 110. What he was talking about, where you, you were asking him, I remember you were asking, that's one of the ones that stand out. You were asking him, how does he use a rod? He used like a medium rod. It's like, how do you use that for a jackhammer when... I mean, it vibrates too much. And one of the things that I know about the chatterbait that was interesting is because, and this is no knock on Paris. Paris is a great angler. He's won some tournaments. But going by he, what he was saying, he was using kind of like, a, uh, and again, I don't want to be insulting. I'm not insulting his, his gear. But he was using a lesser, God, how could I say this without sounding like a jerk? Like a lesser quality um, rod, we had some more flexibility. And that's the difference. Those rods actually tend to be better for chatterbait. And the mm -hmm. reason for that is because it had, has more flexibility on it. Right. It, has, it allows the fish to swallow that, that uh, hook and get them pinned down. And the reason for that, I think a lot of people don't know. The, the reason why... It's so hard to set the hook on a chatterbait. It's because when a fish is very aggressive and swallows it whole, you have to remember there's a blade that's gonna rub against the mouth. It's gonna force him to open it. And it's gonna actually lessen the ability of the hook to penetrate the mouth. Cause that, that blade is actually forcing its way up 
that's why it's so complicated with a chatterbait. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot of people don't understand that the the best hook sets that you get on a chatterbait it's where they're not swallowing a hole and they're just kind of like getting for the tail of your chatterbait, and then that blade doesn't get in the way. But that was right. a really good episode, and I was yeah. listening to it. And I'm like, yeah, that's why Paris is having so much success. He's using a, a rod that is. People don't think of it as a great rod for chatterbait, but it actually is because of the flexibility and because of the action in it. But I ended well, up, a lot of those graphite rods that are cheaper in quality actually tend to be better. Yeah, I mean, I'm the one I'm throwing on. It's a Cast King, uh, Cast King Speed Demon, moderate yeah. rod, and it. I uh, I actually started throwing the chatterbait on it by you know more because I forgot my what i normally throw my chatterbait rod i had been throwing my chatterbait on it was a tournament and and um jake harshman uh, another one of the local guys here that you know helped me out and a lot a jackhammer he's, advocate <laughs> yes he's like go to this place and throw a jackhammer and um dummy me oh, i you know drove an hour and a half away got up there and i'm like oh my chatterbait rod you know all i have is the, the rod i've been using for my crankbait so i'm gonna try it and i uh came within an inch of winning that tournament and uh, uh, I had one of my best days. I think I had 86 inches that day. Um, by far one of my best tournament finishes and everything. And it was almost every fish I caught was on a, a chatterbait on that casking rod. So, and I was just amazed that I think it was just the flexibility of that rod. You know, yeah. it, it's not a, a not an expensive rod, and uh, it would just keep them pinned. They they would they come they come towards you. They go away from you. Whatever it was, it had just enough tension to keep that hook pinned that they couldn't throw it. So, um, yeah, it definitely makes a big difference. My rod arsenal is definitely on the cheaper side. I, I'm starting to upgrade. I just got my first uh, St. Croix Victory rod um, like three weeks ago, and, you know, I've only had it on the water once and got skunked. I didn't have – I had like two hours to fish, and I went out knowing it would be tough. But uh, I'm looking forward. I actually am off a half day tomorrow too, so – I'm going to hit the water at lunch and see if I can uh, get put that victory rod to work and get a fish on it. So, You want to do a one-on-one tournament? <laughs> uh, I'm going out from, uh, well, hopefully probably 12 Eastern until 4 Eastern. The sun goes down so fast here. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. But back in the Northeast, man, like I've, I love New York. I love New York City. I love to which in, uh, visit on winter. What I hate about winter, it's like at 4 o'clock. I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's already... It's already night here. What the heck? Right. Yeah. I, I leave for work in the morning. It's dark and I get home and it's dark. It's just, yeah. I'm like, where did my day go? Yeah. But it's not always fun. No, but it's something that makes definitely shortens my fishing time. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I hope to have four hours. So uh, I didn't catch a fish at all in December last year. So I'm hoping that I can get at least one December fish this year. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, no, December up there, it's got to be a lot tougher than it is. I mean, December for me is awesome. I love December <laughs> in Texas. I don't know what it is. Once February comes up, I think that's when the bike gets kind of like, uh, that. that's when it actually gets colder here in Texas. On okay. February. It's kind of like, historically, that's the coldest month, February. Okay. So that's, the bike gets kind of tough. But December, usually it's on fire. Hmm. Oh man, that sounds nice. It's, it, it's not horrible here, but uh, yeah. it definitely slows down a lot, you know. So I'm having, that's what the last couple of guests that I've talked on, I've really focused on kind of that cold water fishing because that's now the kind of the, what I'm moving into. And, you know, I'm looking forward to 
I, I fished a lot in cold weather last year, but I didn't know what I was doing. So I wasted a lot of time. I, I put a lot of time on the water, but I didn't know what I was doing. So I wasn't productive. It was frustrating, you know. So this year I feel like I have a lot more knowledge. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. Uh, um, I've learned a lot more about just the river from this year fishing it so much. So I know kind of the areas I want to target. And um, I'm thinking it's going to be at least a little more productive than it was last year. So. Yeah, that's the thing about you gotta like, how do you call this? I'm trying to figure out the, the phrase. Kind of say walk the walk and talk the talk, but that's not really it. What I wanted to say, but basically it's like you gotta pay your dues. That's what I want to say. Yeah, you gotta you put know, the time you, in. You gotta put the time in. It's not gonna happen overnight. That's the beauty of it. You know, when it's when you struggle, that's where you kind of like have to figure out what is it that's going on and what's not working and what you gotta do. So in order to like you said, you waste a lot of time, but you need to waste that time in order to get better. If you're not wasting mm -hmm. the time, you're not learning. Um, and, and that goes with a lot of things in life. You know, it's, if with the, the harder it gets, if you're really committed, the better you're going to be in the long run. You know, when things don't come easy, that's when you really appreciate when you do, when you are able to, you know, get to a level where you feel comfortable with, when you know it took you a lot of work and you really appreciate what you learned, you don't take it for granted. Yeah. And I, I try to constantly just remind myself of where I came from. You know, two years ago, I, the, the, the growth that I've learned and, and made in the, in the two years kind of since I started really fishing a lot and doing the podcast and stuff, it's, you know, I, that's what I always say. I, I, I can go back on my, my phone and look at the pictures of the fish I was catching and I'd be holding up like a five inch bass and super happy because that was the first fish I caught in like two weeks of fishing, you know, and, you know, I, you know, I still love uh, every tug on my line, you know, that I'm yeah. still like a kid and it makes me happy when I catch any fish, but uh, it's definitely not, I, I, I don't get skunked as often anymore. And, you know, I, I, and that's what I, even when I have the really tough days, that's what I remind myself of is just, that, uh, you know, and I, one thing I've learned is that, you know, through talking to a lot of these people, too, is that everybody has tough days. Even the professionals have days and you don't always hear about those days, but that doesn't mean they don't happen. You know, and and uh, that was a big learning thing for me, too, is to because I used to get so frustrated. I'm like, well, nobody else seems like they they're getting skunked as often as I'm getting skunked. But, you know, and as I learned more and more, I started skunking less, too. So, yeah, uh, but. It's that progression when you go out 10 days, you get skunk like eight or nine of them. And then that gets lessened and lessened. And then it goes to a point where you're like, okay, I'm getting skunk once out of 10 days now. Yep. So it, it's a, it's just, it's a satisfying feeling, man. It's, it's a feeling of accomplishment. You, yep. you appreciate it. You, and, and you value it, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad it doesn't come easy just because you learn to appreciate it more. Right, right. And if it came easily, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. And I'm, I want the sport to grow, but I also don't want my lake to be completely filled every Saturday. You know, I, I do like the fact that I can go and get away and have peaceful time on the water. Um, so, you know, I do value that as well. And it definitely is stress relief for me. So uh, when I can go to places and have, Oh, that's kind of why I like fishing in the river in the winter now, because I'm one of the only crazy people out there. You know, I, I have almost the whole Susquehanna to myself half the time. So um, 
I definitely enjoy that, uh, that aspect of it too. So that's awesome. And let me ask you this, who's been your favorite guest, not necessarily your, your favorite episode, but who's been your favorite guest? Who's you enjoyed talking to the most? Probably Jody queen. And yeah. only because he is the top of the sport, but he could be your neighbor, man. He, he yeah. talks to you like he's known you forever. He's, you know, and he's the same guy, you know, whether he's standing on the national stage or he's chatting with me, uh, you know, some guy from, you know, rural PA in his basement. He's the same guy to every person he meets, just genuine, yep. willing to share. You know, he's just good people, you know. And um, but yet, you know, a wealth of knowledge and he, he knows what he's doing. He puts the time in, you know, he's an ambassador for the sport. You know, yes. I, I just I don't know what more to say about him. He just, he checks every box, you know, he, he's good. Uh, he's a stick, a hammer, but he's also the most humble person, you know, you could ask for. So. And, and full of knowledge too, man. Oh yeah. Ses yeah. Sesquahana King right there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He, Honestly. And he, that when you talk about spilling some juice off air, he gave me two or three tips that were lightning like right away. Like I went out and tried it and I was like, Holy cow. He knows what he's talking about. When the, and I can't remember, I want to say it was the reel down. I can't remember it was the reel down or KBN, but when he won the Susquehanna River, not this year, last year, the breakdown that he did on, and again, I can't remember what show it was. I, I want to say the reel down. I'm pretty sure it's a reel down. I think, I think so. Still there. Yep, yeah. Yep. The breakdown he did about using the spinners and switching out the Colorado River and instead of hitting the bank, hitting kind of like the center of the of the middle of the river, which is completely what you wouldn't think to do. And I'm not a big river guy, so I don't, you know. Uh, I, I've learned so much listening to that episode. Every time Jody Quinn is on any episode talking about techniques, I am recording this because it, it is gold, man. It is podcasts gold i encourage anybody out there if you see if you see jody queen on any podcast you really want to learn how to fish listen to it because the guy is full of knowledge charismatic what i love most about jody queen is not just having him on the podcast it's talking to him after we record man i yep. i finished recording i can't wait to finish recording so i can just lay back and talk to jody queen like you know like he's been your you know your drinking buddy for the last 20 years right he's just a joy to talk to man he is he's it's awesome to talk to he's a great guy very charismatic um and so, yeah, like I, I, it, I couldn't it, agree more his passion for the sport just comes out too like yes. when you when even in that laid-back conversation he'll be he'll start talking about oh well you know you know i just want to see it grow and you know if i do this and i spend an extra half hour at the ramp and talk to this guy it's he's going to go home and he's going to have that fire or that spark that lights him. And, you know, it's just going to help our sport grow. And, you know, that's, that's exactly what our sport needs is ambassadors like that. And I, he is yeah. definitely one of them. So. Definitely. Definitely. You also have one of my all time favorite content creators, Gene Jensen, the fluke master. How was that episode? You enjoyed uh, recording with him? I was starstruck the whole time. And I know, man, uh, oh, I, I'll I, be a fanboy right there. <laughs> I had wanted to talk to him for a long, long time. Yeah. And um, finally, uh, Brian helped me get the hookup. I went through Duke Westcamp, actually, and Duke got me in touch with him. And, you know, he was like, oh, sure, I'll come on. And, you know, he's a Braves fan. I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. So, you know, we 
kicked it off right there and you know it was just you know gold and we went over one of the most basic techniques i think we just did texas rigging you know uh yep. you know and it's it's a basic technique but that that man could write a, a 30 volume series on texas rigging you know yeah. he knows that much about it so uh that was another awesome episode just you know like i said i was totally star trek starstruck the whole time i'm like i've watched this guy so many videos that he's yeah. done and to finally actually get to talk to him was really neat no, no, I have a lot of respect for, uh, for Gene Jensen. I actually, first bass I ever caught in Texas was a Texas rig. It was right after binge watching a bunch of Fluke Masters and especially talking about Texas rig. And I immediately tagged them on my first, that was, I think, my first Instagram post on bass fishing. Um, and I was like, you know, thanks to this guy, you know, I, I learned. And the good thing, before I even met Gene Jensen, I had questions and I would message him on Instagram. And... I would not encourage everybody. You probably get mad at me because everybody, whoever's <laughs> listening to him, message him. No, but really, he did. He would answer, man, and I appreciate it because you know he's, he's a busy guy. He does a lot of things, you know, right. just within the social media and fishing. And he would ask me, and and I told him, hey, I remember when I got my first fish finder. I did not know how to reach fish finder, and Instagram, you know, YouTube kind of helped me, but I had some other questions, and I would message him to take, send a screenshot of like. This is what I'm seeing, man. What am I missing? And he would message me short answers, but, you know, short, sweet, and to the point. You know, it's like, this is what you should be looking for. But this is what you're seeing. Um, pay attention to this. So I really appreciate um, what he does. And, and shout out to him, though. He's he's doing something right now. Um, I, I just saw it on work today, and I haven't been able to watch the whole full video of it, but I'm sure I will. He's doing... Um, you know, promoting, trying to help the uh, refugees' families coming in from, I, oh, think, wow. uh, I think it was Afghanistan, somewhere in um, um, war-torn torn countries okay. um, to help them out. So it goes to show you, you know, Gene is just pure heart, you know, on and off the water. So a great dude. I would love to have him on the podcast sometimes. Not talking about his life, because he's also, I've heard a podcast where he talked about how he got into doing the whole social media and fluke master. And I was super interested. Yeah. In he's come from, he was about. like a x-ray technician or something. Yeah. If I remember correctly. And, yeah. yeah. And yeah, he's came a long way. So, and we had like, we had Chad Hoover on and I was yeah. fully expecting that episode to go a completely different way. I was, we had, when I invited him to come on, I was like, Hey, you know, can you just go over, you know, he takes tons of people. Fishing, I so, and I, I was like, Hey, you know, just come on and talk about the most common mistakes you see noobs making, you know, cause I feel like that would be something good to learn, you know, cause people might think, Oh, well, I, I do that all the time. This is how I can improve. And that almost turned into like a mindset episode. Like it was, it went completely a different direction and, you know, it was cool. Um, but, uh, and it was, you know, not necessarily about any technique or anything, but, um, it was just neat to listen to another person, you know, uh, you know, pillar of the sport, you know, go through what his mindset is and, you know, what makes him tick and what makes him different than other people. So it was definitely, it was unexpected. And I, I think Ryan was still with me then and we hung up and he left and we both kind of looked at each other and like, what just happened? <laughs> the, he, um, and I have a lot of respect for Ted Hoover. Um, you know what he's done. I had um, I had um, Ryan Lambert uh, on my podcast, and you know there's some uh, dislike over there. 
Um, but even Brian Lambert was talking about, you know, when I asked him, like, who do you think is in the uh, Mount Rushmore of kayak fishing? Yep. Because I, I like to talk. I think those, I know the sport is new, but I like talking about subjects like that. I think in the way when the, as the um, sport progresses, you have to think about what the founding fathers of these sports are. We are at that point where it's kind of like building and taking a life of its own and kind of remember the people that got us there. Regardless of what you have to say about Chad Hoover's personality, and he does have a personality. He freely admits that. Yeah, yeah, he he has an ego. (laughs) And a lot of times he's his way or the highway and he's not shy about it. I respect it. I don't always agree with it. I don't always agree with the method of it, but I respect him and I respect what he's done. But one thing about the podcast is when you bring him on, you have to understand. It's tricky. I've, I actually was going to have him on and it was it, his uh, grandparent, I think, died the day mm. that was recorded or the couple of days before. So obviously we were scheduled. And at that point, I was in the off season shortly before the season started. And then the season started. And it was hard to get him, you know, mid season with all the work he does. Right. Um, but it's one of those things where you just like, you know, you, you have to be on your toes because shortly after that, he was on the dark waters kayak fishing with Josh Smith. And it's one of those things like to try to keep that man on topic. is not easy. Right, right. And you can lose control of your podcast real <laughs> easily. And it's a bad look, whether you agree what he's saying or not, it's a bad, it looks bad when you as a podcast host are not, are not controlling the show. Even if nothing's being said wrong, it transmits like, yeah, he, this guy lost control of the show now. It's at Chad Hoover's podcast. Right, yeah. You don't want that. You know, as a podcaster, you don't want that. But you have to be aware, you know, to keep Chad. It's not an easy task to keep Chad Hoover on. This is on point. And again, I, I'm not dishing on him on everything. Like I said, I total respect for what he's done. And I, I agree with Ryan Lambert. You know, Mount Rushmore, the name starts, the first name that should be there is Chad Hoover. What he's done is tough. Yeah, it is. It's a challenging to, yes. to intimidating to have him on the podcast. He is a big personality. That's yeah. Uh, and you know, you, you know, some people are obviously going to love him, and just as many are going to hate that. But uh, either way, it's going to be entertaining. But like you said, you know, if you if you have a topic that you wanted to talk to talk about, it's definitely hard to rein him in and keep him through that. Because <laughs> I I I laugh so much at the at the one with the Josh Smith Maddox. <laughs> That was just funny. If you, if any, if you ever, if for those out listening, go to Josh Smith podcast. I don't, I don't know. He's not recording. Yeah, he um, kind of took a break, right? Yeah, yeah, he took a break. He disappeared from the face of this earth. I've been texting him and messaging him like, dude, how are you doing, man? I'm worried about you, but he hasn't even replied. Usually, he replies to my messages. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of like concerned about him. Anybody that knows what Josh Smith is doing. Keep me updated, man. I love that guy. He's the one who got me into podcasts, by the way. I've said that enough on my podcast. But yeah, man, he, it just went off and I felt bad for Josh. <laughs> kind of his, his whole intro for that podcast was an apology for you were, what you were about to listen. <laughs> it was definitely not politically correct or anything like that. It was Chad Dewar's opinions, whether you liked it or not, and not not um sweetened by any means of the imagination so it was a good show so if you if out there go check it out go check out dark waters it was Definitely. i think it was last year he gives that uh that uh warning a lot i know when jay karshman was on there he did the same warning you know just so you know this is going to be this is how the conversation <laughs> is probably going to go be prepared so 
Yeah, I love Jake Harshman having it on the podcast. I need to bring it on. That's one guy that I always hope to bring every year. I don't know how many years I'll be doing this, but I constantly want Jake Harshman on the podcast. Another person who gets a lot of love and a lot of slack for his personality. Yep. Um, I like the guy. I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but I think he's cool. He's um, helped me but, out so much. Yeah. And like like I said, he's close to me. So he, he actually, you know, told me. Great dude. If you want to do, if you know, he, I told him how I'm going into this tournament, you know, I'm going up against these people. He's like, Oh, you want to beat those guys? This is how you do it. And I almost pulled it off, you know, for a noob to go in there and, uh, you know, almost pull off beating some of the bigger sticks in my area. It just tells you the the quantity and quality of information he gave me. It, it was just amazing, you know? So hats off to him. He, and he, he'll tell you, I'll share this information with anybody, you know, it's, yeah. You know, it's, I want to see people succeed. So that I'm, I, and yet I've never had him on my podcast. So I, I reached out to him just probably two weeks ago. And, you know, after I talked to a few of the other local guys and I'm like, I need to have you on here. So I think yeah, he'll talk happen. about Jack Hammers. He'll talk to you off about Jack Hammers, anything yep. and everything you want about Jack Hammers. And one thing I watched, learned from watching his videos is just how many casts he makes. And it's not yep. bomb casts either. He's just, hitting the bank, hitting the bank, hitting the bank. And almost like, you know, each cast takes 10 seconds, but it's, I mean, it's, and I started kind of mimicking that at times and definitely saw my, you know, catch rate climb. So, cause I, before I had, you know, I would just figure all well, the longer it's in the water, the probably better chance I have. So I would bomb cast that jackhammer as far as I could throw it. And then, you know, you know, bring it back to me where he's just kind of hitting structure or targeting areas more. So rather than, you know, try and, you know, make one huge cast, he makes 10 casts in that time that I would have made one long cast. So that's, I think that's one of the most underrated aspects of our learning. Cause I think most of us, you know, get that level of like, get that testosterone going. Like we want to bomb this thing out there. And it's usually it's usually not a good idea. Right, right. <laughs> it's not. It's better to have accuracy than distance, honestly. Unless we're talking about crankbaits, and even that, you know, you you're probably better off with accuracy than distance. But yeah, man, when I started, it's like, oh yeah, let's bomb it out there, you know. Right. I feel like a guy here and bomb it out. Um, you know, we all love power fishing and all that. And as you grow, you like, you know what? Uh, less is better sometimes mm -hmm. in that aspect. You don't need to bomb it out. You just need to place it where it needs to be. Right. And I've learned that too. You know, it's just like not about bombing. It's just placing it where it needs to be. One thing that I don't learn about chatterbaits and jackhammers is I used to just burn them, burn them. And mm -hmm. I've had a couple of times where like throw it, I'm burning them and I had to stop to kind of like um, mid, -re uh, mid retrieval to kind of like, you know, position my kayak because the wind is moving me. I stop. Naturally, the chatterbaits falls to the floor. I set, you know, I position myself and I start really back up and boom, I get a hit out there. It yeah. happened a couple of times because I'm an idiot. Then I realized, you know, you don't have it. You don't have to burn it all the time. Again, less is better. Sometimes you work it, work it like a jig, drag right. it on the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, let it hit structure. There's different ways. And I've learned so much about just paying attention when you're on the water. Nothing can substitute time on the water, really. You you know, YouTube, podcast is going to help. And it's going to help you put two and two together, right? Because sometimes you go through things that you don't know why it's working. But then you listen to the Bass Fishing for New podcast, talk about that, and you realize, oh, that's why it's working. So mm -hmm. it goes hand in hand. But just 
listening to podcasts, watching YouTube, it's not going to make you, it, it's going to help you, but it's not going to make you a great angler. It's a combination of putting it, what you learned to what you listened um, and putting it together. Right. I think, uh, I think back to when we did the uh, Pal and Finn head to head tournament and um, you know, we had, Pal and Finn hosts going head to head against each other yeah. for I was like, was fun to watch. I was we need to do that again. That was fun. But um I was I was moderating when Brian Schiller went up against somebody and I can't remember who he was going against, but um I remember asking him, you know, what are you throwing? And he's like, Oh, I'm throwing a jackhammer. And I noticed he noticed he was like yo yoing it, you know, he'd let it drop and then bring it that up. That was Dustin Nichols, I think. Okay. And did he uh, lost or was it Dustin or Susie? Because he, I don't no, know, he but, lost against Susie. I know it was Brian, though, that was doing it because I remember asking him. I was like, Brian, are you yo-yoing that uh, jackhammer? He's like, shh, you know, almost like, oh, crap, you know, you weren't supposed to notice that. He's like that. And then he told me later, like, that was really working for him at that point. And I started playing around with that with my jackhammers and noticed I got more bites doing that, too. So, you know, that's that's kind of the way I learn is by watching other people and seeing what works. Now, the big caveat with that is, you know, no two fishermen are the same. So what works for somebody might not work for you. But in that particular instance, it was something I never would have thought of trying. And sure enough, when I started messing around with it, it, it was productive for me. So I remember you um, being the host and it was Ryan Lambert again, not Ryan Lambert, Ryan Milford against um, Josh. Josh. Yeah. Josh being Josh pulls the middle finger and Ryan's <laughs> like, what did, what did Josh says? He says you're number one. I cannot stop laughing. He's like, oh yeah, Josh says you're number one. That was funny. They were both struggling so much too. Josh looked miserable because it was like freezing for him wherever he was. Yes, he was like bundled up, like he could barely see his face. <laughs> and he was. They were both struggling to catch fish, and I felt so bad. But uh, uh, yeah, that was that was an interesting time. So. Yeah, I wanted. I brought it up on the chat. Like, it's it again, and it was like, we don't talk about Fight Club here. Like, <laughs> I was like, all right, I guess we're not doing it. No, I know. I want to. Like, no, I hated it. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it, it was towards the end. I think we did too much of it. Like, because yeah. it, it just went on for a long time. So, um, at, at first, it was awesome, but I just want my rematch because I feel like I've learned a ton more since where I was. Who do you uh, lost to? Uh, I, I, well, I went up against JP first. And neither of us caught a fish. So then we did oh, I remember that. another shootout and he ended up catching one fish and beat me. And then as soon as we stopped filming, I caught three fish. Like I, I was just trying way too hard. And uh, so I feel like I could do better this or if we did it again, but we'll see. But maybe we can, uh, you know, me and Ryan did a one-on-one because we were both going to be on the water. It was like, let's do a one-on-one for the paddle and fin kind of like, you know, get those algorithms going all that. I beat him, of course. <laughs> he started, I think he caught one. I caught three. So it was a, it was a, it was a good time. No, every time I think uh, I'm gonna go out and catch fish, I don't, I don't catch as many. And then the times where I think, oh, this is gonna be the worst day ever, then I light it up. So those are the days that I leave my video camera at home. And you know, the days where I think, oh, this is gonna be awesome. You know, the weather's like perfect. It's like slightly overcast and it's not crazy windy. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a perfect day. It should be lights out. And then I'll bring my camera and record the whole time and, you know, catch like three fish. And then the times I, I'm like, oh, it's going to be windy, but bright and sunny all day. I'm going to just leave the camera at home. And then, I'll, you know, I can't stop catching fish. So. <laughs> that's that's the interesting part. I think the best day, the best weather days are probably the worst days for fishing. Right. Like 
sunny, no clouds in the sky with no wind, forget about it. Yep. Just throw a Senko and, you know, that's fun. Because <laughs> that's not fun. Throwing, I know catching fish is fun, but it's like you're throwing Senkos and drop shots all day. It's, uh, I don't want to be eight hours doing that. <laughs> but that's what's going to work. So Right, right. On bluebird skies sometimes, yep. you know. Yep. But anyways, man, I've had you on for almost an hour, so I know it's uh, you've had a long day at work, so I appreciate it. You taking the time being on the podcast. Um, what do we got forward to look looking um, forward to bass fishing for this year? What are your plans? Any segments you're already thinking about? Any guests you're hoping to bring in? I just finally got in touch. Uh, I, t- I was talking to Alex Rudd about his partner, BJ or uh, Benjamin Nowak. You know, have you heard him on uh, Alex Rudd's yeah. podcast? So I just got him. I got in contact with him, and he said he wants to come on. I'm going to be talking about uh, drop shotting uh, with him because he's like a drop shot guru, apparently. So that's uh, that was one of the requests when uh, Brad Hicks put out, you know, hey, what is somebody – or let us know some ideas for episodes. That was something that came up a few times was drop shotting for um, smallmouth specifically. So I went and found, you know, tried to find the, the guru on that, and it turned out that Benjamin Nowak was one of those guys. So – He's coming up. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, I still haven't had Christine Fisher on. I'd like to talk to her. Um, yeah. Who is the uh, the California guy? Uh, Sean Lemon? Lemon? Uh, that's Shane? one. Not Sean. Shane. Shane Lemon. Shane Lemon. Uh, no, no, no. Not the not the guy of the Bass Thumbs. He's the Bass Thumbs guy, right? Bass. Yeah, he's one of our co-hosts. Yeah, yeah. No. You no I, I wouldn't mind. I, we, you know, we always did a thing where we'd interview each host, and he's yeah. one that we haven't interviewed yet. So I definitely yeah. need to get him on. But um, definitely. Why don't we draw on a blank? He's a big YouTube guy. Uh, oh, um, Greg Blanchard. Yes, yes. And he I was finally, just on Shane Lemon's uh, first. I know, I know. Bass. And I'm like, it's, that's cheating. He's a California guy. No wonder he got him. But uh, yeah. Um, that's, that's another person that I, I'm working on getting on to because I'm like, he, again, he has a ton of knowledge and, uh, you know, definitely somebody I'm looking forward to get on. And, um, you know, anybody who's listening to this, if you, if you have ideas, you know, definitely let me know if you want to learn something, you know, I'll learn right along with you. Just let me know. And, you know, I'll, I'll track down a guest that knows a crap ton about it and we'll, we'll get them on. So. So let me ask you this. Is Alex Rod coming to your show or Nowak? Um, Nowak. Um, Alex okay. has already been on. He he was on. He Alex talked... Rod has already been here? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Yep. I I yeah, he was, yep, he was on the, the Noobs show back when Ryan and I were both doing it. It was a while ago. Yeah, uh, I, I missed think, that one. I'm trying to remember what all he talked about, but uh, I know he, I think it was Ned Riggs, and, and I can't remember. Uh, but it He's was, also a great angler, great content creator. That's another uh, guy when I started, I would ask him questions, he would answer I really want to bring him on my podcast because when he started, he was um, with uh, Old Town. It mm-hmm. was funny because he was Old Town. He's promoting Old Town, but he was batching on Hobie all the time. And I would get pissed off at watching his YouTube channel. I was like, <laughs> why is he? I just bought a Hobie Outback. Why are you bashing it? I just spent 2500 of it. Please stop. And now he's with Hobie. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to bring him on my podcast to talk about this. This is sweet. This is sweet. I mean, this is for me. That's like, oh, now you're with Hobie after you talk that's smack sweet. about their drive. <laughs> sweet redemption, right there. Yeah. Yeah. No, but he's he's a great content creator. He has a great podcast as well, and it's another guy that I message him and he's actually answered and um, when I have questions. So he's a great content creator. 
you can tell i mean he's a teacher by trade and you can yeah. tell because it comes through in the way he presents information you know he knows how to to teach people and that's what i love about his podcast so so yeah definitely um, I know you're not a big social media guy, and that's one of the things that I love about your podcast. Because I know <laughs> when you're a big social media guy, or or are trying to grow a social media, you know sometimes you you have to um, how do you call this um, compromise? You know you have to bring you have to talk about stuff that you don't necessarily want to talk about, but you have to do it because you have social media commitment. What I love about your show is you're not really a social media guy, so there's no string attached to what you do as bass fishing for new. So anybody that's listening knows that what you're saying is not to promote anything because you're not really interested in all that thing. Not that you wouldn't want a sponsor. I'm sure you would. Anything that makes us help us not make this as costly as it is. It's right. Right. But I do appreciate that, that I think when, you know, the integrity of it, that you're just focusing on teaching people, not just what you learn, but what experts, uh, quote unquote, experts or uh, tournament anglers have learned and bring their opinions to the show along with yours so anybody that's out there listening bass fishing for noobs what is it every monday morning right our show airs monday morning yep uh start off the week with us and you know then you have the rest of the lineup that follows but yeah awesome man that's exciting um i'm looking forward to what you're gonna bring this year as always um thank you for coming to the show sean i really appreciate no it it's always yeah hey to have you on. keep up the good work too man i love listening to your show i mean some of the Hearing the backstories of some of those people, I mean, Catherine Field, the, the show you did with her, dude, that still resonates with me. You know, she that was amazing. You know, and um, that's what I love about what you do is you get to the heart of the story. You know, anybody can talk. All these guys fish. You know, all the all the people we talk to fish. So you're gonna hear a lot of that. But the stuff that you get to when you dig in deep like that, that's the stuff that you don't get to hear about and uh, on other podcasts and stuff. And that's what like i think people love about your show is that you get to those parts of the story so i appreciate the kind words and that's the the for those out there listening that's the beauty of paddle and fin this is paddle and fin this to me not just the best kayak fishing podcast respect to kbn smally talks on uh, all those great podcasts um um i forgot his name hayes from um uh, oh, uh andrew hayes yep i andrew love hayes, his too another great yep but what I love about Paddle and Finn is the, the network. You know, you got my show where I talk about, you know, content creators and tournament anglers and talk about their life and how kayak fishing fits into them, bass fishing for noobs. We got Jimmy who does it and, and Drew Gregory who does an amazing job of breaking down tournaments as good or as better as anybody else. Um, um, and we have the OG show, which is kind of like, Turn into which is what I like more. I like what Brian is doing with the OG show. It's just again getting together and we take turns of being on the show and talk about hot topics. So I think the OG show is even better now mm -hmm. than it was with Jay Randall and, and Brian Shill, obviously the founder, the OG of Battle and Finn. That's on Thursdays. Um, on Wednesdays, I think we have no Fridays is the OD show. Thursdays is the reel down with Jimmy and Drew or Wednesdays? Uh, um, final cast is on Thursdays, I think. Final cast is on Thursdays. So Jimmy and and Drew are on the reel down on, on Wednesdays. Thursdays, so, yeah. which is another great episode. Very charismatic. Brad Higgs, uh, Joshua Trash Panda. I love the, <laughs> the chemistry they both have. Both great dudes, great personalities, great anglers. And they break down... Um, 
techniques, not techniques. They break down uh, uh, product products. reviews yep. with no ties either. That's what I love about them. They're not mm-hmm. tied to anybody. They just do honest reviews. Brad Hicks does. And I think it's coming up the the worst baits or the worst products. So that <laughs> goes to show you he's not afraid of losing a sponsorship <laughs> possibility. Um, uh, Shane Lamont um, with the California guys. So we're going to have California content, which should contrary to popular opinion on, on some other <laughs> podcasts, people in California do fish. There's great anglers out there. Um, uh, no disrespect to other people's opinions, of course, but Shane Lamont bass fishing for uh, bass, bass fishing thumbs. Yes, that's going to be thumbs, every yeah. other Thursday too. Yeah. Um, who are we missing? Oh, we got uh, Chris Lywak. I I think I got his last name right this time. Slifka. He does the Slifska. Slifka. Jesus, Chris. I don't know how many times this guy Chris is gonna forgive me for his saying his last name wrong. Um, he does, you know, the uh, what is it? The uh, mindset, mindset, which I love. Because it kind of breaks down the mindset too, which I think yep. it's fifty percent of the battle, if, of, of the battle, if not more. Um, JP, which is off the water, you know, if you're going to a tournament and you want to check out what spots are good over there, you bring your family, go check out JP's podcast. Um, to do and salt water, yeah, salt water with Dustin Nichols. God, Dustin Nichols is not just a great dude; he's a great angler too, man. Oh if my you, gosh! I've got I fish with Dustin Nichols on on freshwater and that guy's a hammer i can't imagine how good he is on salt water yeah he is no nah, i'm telling you he just um, knows how to fish he yeah like when we went to dale hollow he was the one who caught the fish and i'm like you're the saltwater dude what are you doing coming here no nah, he's showing up all, all of us freshwater guys but i fished with him once and it was an eye-opening experience and then of course we have to talk about uh, uh brad herboss feather and fur brad yep. herboss Every every other Sunday he does the hunting episode, so a lot of great yeah. stuff, man. Yeah, that's that's a, a part of uh, kayaking that I never even thought of. You know, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd heard that people did it, but it, I never understood it until I started listening to his show and and you know actually seeing what how that's possible. You know, it definitely you know it sounds really interesting. Uh, I haven't and hunted it, for a while, but definitely might get it back into it. You know, you know, hearing that. And the thing about Brad Hurlebos that I really enjoy is. You know, it's we all gone through that. We we start off and we're kind of shy and timid and all that. And to see Brad Herlebos uh, progressing as a podcast, and I'm not saying because <laughs> I think I'm a better podcast or that I think I'm great at podcasting. I really don't. But just watching him progress as a podcaster and every show, he seems to get better and better at this. So it's it's a it's if you're into hunting, go check out Further and Further with Brad Herlebos every other Sunday or Saturday. I can't remember. We have so many shows. And yeah, and he's, he's a, a, another one that, you know, the passion in what he does, yes. is, it, it shines through like crazy. So props to you, Brad. Keep up the good work. Yeah, man. We love having you on. Everybody, uh, big family. So again. Oh, I love our podcast family, man. It's it is. a great, great group of people. Definitely is. So, Sean, we've been saying goodbye for like the last 15 <laughs> minutes. I haven't had a chance to give you uh, a shout out. So go ahead. Give me your shout outs, man. Oh, man. I just thanks to my paddle and fin family i love you know i love you guys and uh the other i don't really have any sponsors you know like you like you said you know i'm not opposed to it but uh you know i just haven't really dug into that opportunity yet so um my sponsors are the people who are you know the sponsors of paddle and fin so you know uh, uh jig masters 
Cody's, you know, always been an awesome guy to me. So check out his stuff. And uh, I'm starting to really get into the Yak Gadget stuff. I'm, I keep filling up my cat, my uh, kayak. Can you hear me? Yeah. You know what? I had the, my chair. <laughs> I put myself on mute because my chair is squeaking. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah, Yak Gadget, I've been doing, uh, I just got the, uh, the, uh, I replaced my uh, anchor wizard with the the yak yak or yak gadget one, and I love it. You know, so you know, definitely check out those guys. Uh, high quality stuff. That I have the crate now. I have the uh, the uh, the rod holders that sit off the side of your kayak. That that's been like a game changer for me. So, um, and you know, I don't. I'm not sponsored by any rods. I I love my Saint Corey rods. I'm slowly working on replacing all my rods to those although uh brian still owes me one douglas rod i i ordered one through him and i just haven't met up with him yet so i have a uh frogging rod a heavy flipping rod that i ordered from him so i'm looking forward to trying that out and seeing what the hype about douglas is all about the only, the only thing i would order with brian schiller is death because you'll, <laughs> you'll never get it <laughs> Hey, I'm still waiting for my uh, my uh, my uh, catch board. You know. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my catch board. My when I first started, they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll get you this awesome catch board with the paddle and fin logo on it." And yeah, yeah. Here Whatever. we are, you know, two years later, and you know, no. But uh, all kidding aside, you know, <laughs> he's gonna be I, so pissed off about this too. Brian, he's probably banging on his desk <laughs> right now, listening, doing, editing this, and I'm like, I'm gonna get this idiots. They're fired. <laughs> We love we you, just, Brian. We just know the buttons to push. Yeah, we know. It's, <laughs> cool, it's easy. Yeah, and and I guess you know, thanks to my wife for letting me putting up with all my shenanigans and letting me go fishing as much as I do. So, gotta thank the ladies, man. Yep. All right, Sean, man, thank you. Appreciate it for filling in. It's it's. Uh, I love talking to you. I love having you on the podcast. So I appreciate taking the time. And um, for those out there listening. Um, it's going to be the last episode for Bass Kayak and Beards this year. We'll kick it off next year. We're going to take a break. Um, uh, if you're listening on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I think that we end with um, Dustin Nichols on Sunday. That's going to be the last episode. So yep. if you're listening to on Tuesday, don't forget, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday, there's going to be episodes, and then that's it. Um, so if you're going to be on the water, wear your PFDs. If it's cold, make sure you layer up. And again, I can't say this enough. If you're going to be on the water, drink responsibly. If you're going to drink, if not, even better. But have a great time. Cool. Peace out, everyone. Good night, guys. Sean, man.